You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The BRICS Report. China. Indeed, we're looking at China this morning and joining us on the line, Dr. Martin Davies. Uh, very good morning to you, Dr. Davies. Johnny, thank you very much. Uh, good to be back. No, thank you very much. Good to have you on. So, so I, I was just—I saw a story just a short while ago. It's on Reuters. It is talking about China stopping over 100 coal-fired power projects. China's energy regulator has ordered 11 provinces to stop more than 100 coal-fired power projects, some of which are under construction with a combined installed capacity of more than 100 gigawatts. That's a story that's coming through. And you wanted to talk to us about China being the world's leading renewable energy producer. Yes, it's, it's gotten to such an extent and the public pro- protests on the streets in, in many parts of China because of the environmental degradation and air pollution. And it's because of coal-fired power stations, over 85% still of China's um, power is generated by coal. And really, the, one of the few resources that China actually has is plenty of so plentiful supplies of cheap coal. So the Chinese government, and I think saw pictures, I saw pictures of friends, of friends of mine in, in leading cities like Beijing a few weeks ago, and literally, the pollution is, is, is killing people. It's, it's, it's horrific. Um, so the government's responding yet again uh, and trying to clean this up by investing a, a 2.5 trillion yuan. That's about ooh, 5.5 trillion rand spent mm. into renewable energy power generation over the course of the next five years. It's significant. So this is going to create supposedly 13 million renew- jobs in renewable energy sector. And, uh, and the Chinese government is doing as much as it can uh, to try and, again, to close down the, the obsolete air-polluting um, sort of coal-fired power stations, as you mentioned, and replace them with renewable energy. Uh, it really is a rush to do this because I think I would argue that environmental decay and degradation is one of the largest threats almost to China's uh, growth, sort of, uh, growth trajectory in coming years. Very, very interesting one indeed. Well, trade actions, though, against Chinese exports reach record levels in 2017. Yeah, you mentioned... In 2016, I beg your pardon. 2016, yeah, China's uh, often being, being, as it claims, a victim of, of trade actions, trade disputes against it. And last year was, it was a record year. The figures were 27 countries took out 119 trade actions against China with the cases totaling almost 14.5 billion U.S. dollars, up 76% from 2015. Now, we know about our steel sector, uh, sectors like cement, glass. problem is, Kalani, China has such overcapacity in these sectors that it's just exporting, call it, you know, dumping and call it what you will, but exporting this excess capacity, which is incredibly disruptive for global manufacturing or industrial manufacturing in these sectors. China over years, and we know, if you're looking at the last 15, 20 years from manufacturing perspective, uh, the China price has been incredibly uh, empowering for consumers. For you and me, we're buying stuff made in China. It's great. It's cheaper. Mm. But it's been very disruptive and hollowing out of global manufacturing. And I think uh, with Donald Trump coming in and threatening trade actions against China, it's going to be a very, very rocky year once again for, for China's exports and increased levels of protectionism. It doesn't bode well. Uh, trade wars, here we come. Ah, we'll be watching that very closely. Yeah, it's a fascinating and a very interesting one. Uh, but also China to ban trade in ivory. This is a very good one for us. Uh, it's a great one. It's uh, arguably, setting the obvious, long overdue. Uh, there's, there's, there's estimates of 100,000 elephants have been illegally poached in, in our part of the world, in Africa, in the last decade or so. And ultimately, the biggest market for ivory is, is the Far East and, and particularly China. And I think the Chinese government has finally come around and the, the, the public pressure, the bad image, etc., uh, and rightfully so, 
uh, China's government uh, in just the very early part of January uh, has decided in the next course of 2017 to ban the commercial trade uh, in ivory and, and taking strong, strong action against this. Uh, there's estimated stockpiles of, of, of ivory in China, maybe 150 million US dollars. A lot of retail stores that sell this stuff now are uh, trying to lobby for longer phase-out periods so they can sell their stock. Um, but it, it's been a long, it's been a long and hard campaign for Lani. I remember back in 2006 or seven. Uh, working, doing some work with the WWF in China, all about this, and I even bumped into Yao Ming. Remember the tall basketball player? Yeah. China. I bumped into him actually one day at the the airport in uh, in Nairobi. Wow. And he's you know he'd been on a on a, a campaign in uh, a TV show type thing in documentary in in Kenya, mm. showing the, the 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 horrors of poaching, and that was broadcast back in China. So I'm really pleased it's, it's eventually. Um, and then she come to, uh, come around this ban, but now it's I think it's important precedent. Other countries, think Vietnam amongst others, should start to adopt and copy the same legislation. Let's hope that happens as well. Indeed. All right. No, no, we hope so. Dr. Martin Davis, I really thank you very much for uh, your report this morning. The BRICS report looking at China. Uh, of course, uh, we'll have the BRICS report again next week Tuesday here on seven o two.